be sure to follow Send Me to Sleep on your preferred podcast player so you never miss an episode and a good night's rest. Good evening. Welcome to the world's sleepiest podcast. I'm Andrew from SendMeToSleep.com, the website and podcast designed to help you fall asleep. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider subscribing so you can stay up to date with the new weekly episodes. Additionally, if you would like to receive exclusive content or request our next podcast episode, please visit sendmetosleep.com slash podcast and sign up to our free newsletter. For tonight's sleep story, I'll be reading Chapter 1, Jupiter and His Mighty Company, and Chapter 2, The Golden Age, from James Baldwin's Old Greek Stories. This podcast is most effective when you are able to switch off from the outside world. This is best achieved by wearing headphones. So, I'm happy to announce that we have partnered with Cocoon, creators of the world's first intelligent sleep-aiding headphones designed for ultimate comfort. Cocoon Headphones combines premium audio, noise cancellation, comfort-focused design, and intelligent sensors to monitor your relaxation and sleep. On average, users fall asleep 30% faster when using Cocoon Headphones. To order a pair of your own sleep headphones and receive a 30-day risk-free trial, please visit cocoon.io and use code SENDMETOSLEEP at checkout for an exclusive 10% discount on your purchase. That's cocoon, K-O-K-O-O-N, dot I-O, and use code SENDMETOSLEEP with no spaces at checkout for a 10% discount on your purchase. Any purchases using our code help support the podcast and allows us to continue releasing free content. So thank you, Cocoon, and all of our listeners. Now, that's enough endorsement for this episode. So let your eyes fall heavy and your breath soften as we settle in for a peaceful night's sleep. Chapter 1 Jupiter and His Mighty Company A long time ago, when the world was much younger than it is now, people told and believed a great many wonderful stories about wonderful things which neither you nor I have ever seen. They often talked about a certain mighty being called Jupiter, or Zeus, who was king of the sky and earth, and they said that he sat most of the time amid the clouds on the top of a very high mountain, where he could look 
down and see everything that was going on in the earth beneath. He liked to ride on the storm clouds and hurl burning thunderbolts right and left among the trees and rocks, and he was so very, very mighty that when he nodded, the earth quaked, the mountains trembled and smoked, the sky grew black, and the sun hid his face. Jupiter had two brothers, both of them terrible fellows, but not nearly so great as himself. The name of one of them was Neptune, or Poseidon, and he was the king of the sea. He had a glittering golden palace far down in the deep sea caves where the fishes live and the red coral grows, and whenever he was angry, the waves would rise mountain high, and the storm winds would howl fearfully, and the sea would try to break over the land, and men called him the Shaker of the Earth. The other brother of Jupiter was a sad, pale-faced being, whose kingdom was underneath the earth, where the sun never shone, and where there was darkness and weeping and sorrow all the time. His name was Pluto, or Adonius and his country was called the Lower World, or the Land of the Shadows, or Hades. Men said that whenever anyone died, Pluto would send his messenger, or shadow leader, to carry that one down into his cheerless kingdom and for that reason they never spoke well of him, but thought of him only as the enemy of life. A great number of other mighty beings lived with Jupiter amid the clouds on the mountain top, so many that I can name a very few only. There was Venus, the queen of love and beauty, who was fairer by far than any woman that you or I have ever seen. There was Athena, or Minerva, the queen of the air, who gave people wisdom and taught them how to do very many useful things. There was Juno, the queen of earth and sky, who sat at the right hand of Jupiter 
and gave him all kinds of advice. There was Mars, the great warrior, whose delight was in the din of battle. There was Mercury, the swift messenger, who had wings on his cap and shoes, and who flew from place to place like the summer clouds when they are driven before the wind. There was Vulcan, a skillful blacksmith, who had his forge in a burning mountain, and wrought many wonderful things of iron and copper and gold. And besides these, there were many others about whom you will learn by and by, and about whom men told strange and beautiful stories. They lived in glittering golden mansions high up among the clouds, so high indeed that the eyes of men could never see them. But they could look down and see what men were doing, and oftentimes they were said to leave their lofty homes and wander unknown across the land or over the sea. And of all these mighty folk, Jupiter was by far the mightiest. Chapter 2 The Golden Age Jupiter and his mighty folk had not always dwelt amid the clouds on the mountain top. In times long past, a wonderful family called Titans had lived there and had ruled over the world. There were twelve of them, six brothers and six sisters, and they said that their father was the sky and their mother the earth. They had the form and looks of men and women, but they were much larger and far more beautiful. The name of the youngest of these titans was Saturn, and yet he was so very old that men often called him Father Time. He was the king of the titans, and so, of course, was the king of all the earth besides. Men were never so happy as they were during Saturn's reign. It was the true golden age then. The springtime lasted all the year. The woods and the meadows were always full of blossoms, and the music of singing birds was heard every day 
and every hour. It was summer and autumn, too, at the same time. Apples and figs and oranges always hung ripe from the trees, and there were purple grapes on the vines, and melons and berries of every kind which the people had but to pick and eat. Of course, nobody had to do any kind of work in that happy time. There was no such thing as sickness or sorrow or old age. Men and women lived for hundreds and hundreds of years and never became grey or wrinkled or lame but were always handsome and young. They had no need of houses for there were no cold days, nor storms, nor anything to make them afraid. Nobody was poor, for everybody had the same precious things, the sunlight, the pure air, the wholesome water of the springs, the grass for a carpet, the blue sky for a roof, the fruits and the flowers of the woods and meadows. So, of course, no one was richer than another, and there was no money, nor any locks or bolts, for everybody was everybody's friend and no man wanted to get more of anything than his neighbours had. When these happy people had lived long enough, they fell asleep, and their bodies were seen no more. They flitted away through the air, and over the mountains, and across the sea to a flowery land in the distant west. And some men say, even to this day, they are wandering happily hither and thither about the earth, causing babies to smile in their cradles, easing the burdens of the toil-worn and sick and blessing mankind everywhere. What a pity it is that this golden age should have come to an end. But it was Jupiter and his brothers who brought about the sad change. It is hard to believe but men say that Jupiter was the son of the old Titan king, Saturn, and that he was hardly a year old when he began to plot how he might wage war against his father. 
As soon as he was grown up, he persuaded his brothers, Neptune and Pluto, and his sisters, Juno, Ceres, and Vesta, to join him, and they vowed that they would drive the Titans from the Earth. Then followed a long and terrible war. But Jupiter had many mighty helpers. A company of one-eyed monsters called Cyclopses were kept busy all the time, forging thunderbolts in the fire of burning mountains. Three other monsters, each with a hundred hands, were called in to throw rocks and trees against the stronghold of the Titans, and Jupiter himself hurled his sharp lightning darts so thick and fast that the woods were set on fire and the water in the rivers boiled with the heat. Of course, good, quiet old Saturn and his brothers and sisters could not hold out always against such foes as these. At the end of ten years, they had to give up and beg for peace. They were bound in chains of the hardest rock and thrown into a prison in the lower worlds and the Cyclopses and the hundred-handed monsters were sent there to be their jailers and to keep guard over them forever. Then men began to grow dissatisfied with their lot. Some wanted to be rich and own all the good things in the world. Some wanted to be kings and rule over the others. Some who were strong wanted to make slaves of those who were weak. Some broke down the fruit trees in the woods, lest others should eat all of the fruit. Some, for mere sport, hunted the timid animals which had always been their friends. Some even killed these poor creatures and ate their flesh for food. At last, instead of everybody being everybody's friend, everybody was everybody's foe. So, in all the world, instead of peace, there was war. Instead of plenty, there was starvation. Instead of innocence, there was crime. 
and instead of happiness, there was misery. And that was the way in which Jupiter made himself so mighty, and that was the way in which the Golden Age came to an end.